Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this marathon show. Hope you are enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Uh, we've already gotten some suggestions on great seats for the Hope uh, Calvin game that Pat and I are attending, the 200th game. One person said uh, in the Calvin section. Yeah, of course. Uh, that's the suggestion. Uh, we got some others, and we appreciate it. We're going to look forward to being there and uh, being on hand. Um, well, it, lots to talk about. We'll talk about it more in the marathon as we continue to go along here. Another team in the Great Lakes region is certainly getting plenty of attention. Worcester jumping up into the polls to 13 now, thanks to a big win over Wabash. Of course, that one coming at Timken Gymnasium. Got out to a big 14-0 lead before holding off on Wabash, but then got a big win uh, against Kenyon. They got some work ahead of them, though, in Ohio Wesleyan and, of course, a rival in Wittenberg plus more. Uh, but speaking of more, we should talk to their head coach. He now has won over 750 games just in his time at Worcester. Joining us on the Skype Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it is the aforementioned head coach of Worcester. It is Steve Moore. And, Coach, thanks for taking the time. Good to be with you, Dave. I appreciate it. First and foremost, nice little note in the background there from your from your grandchildren, I'm told. Um, curious. <laughs> How do you guys stay so darn consistent? It it doesn't matter what I see on paper. Somehow, some way, you guys are always in the conversation nationally and always in the conversation at the top of the conference. Well, I guess, uh, as you know, it all starts with the players. And uh, we've been fortunate to have pretty good players in each class. Um, even when we graduate some guys, we have good juniors that, that become seniors and have that good senior leadership. And that's, I think, been a big key over the years. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It seems like you really nurture players along through those four years that they become those key seniors for you. You don't seem to have, uh, I don't want to say a dud, but there's so many programs that you see a player freshman, sophomore year and go, wow, by the time they're a senior, they're going to be terrific. You always have a senior who's going to be terrific. There's no senior that seems to be who doesn't achieve that goal. How do you how do you get them to always seem to hit their max? Well, you just try to get guys that work hard, Dave, and uh, try to motivate them to work and uh, let them know what they need to do to get better and then hope that they do it. And in most cases, our guys do that. This season, uh, you had a had what you have only experienced once in your career. <laughs> you had happened your first year. You guys lost three games in a row. Some schools would love to see a three-game winning streak. You never see a three-game losing streak, but it happened. Wabash tripped you up on December 8th. Ten days later, of course, you played a top-five team in Whitman. You knocked them off. Uh, they knocked you off, of course, at your own event in Arizona. And then Sol Ross State surprised you the next day. What happened in that stretch of games uh, that caused you guys to, to basically come off the, the rails a little bit? Well, the first loss, I think we played pretty well against Wabash. We had a pretty nice lead and let it slip away. They're just a good basketball team, as everybody now realizes. And then we played uh, maybe as talented a team as there is in the country in Whitman out there, and uh, we didn't handle their pressure very well, and they and they beat us. Uh, Selrath State is better than people realize, I think. And uh, we didn't play our very best, but we have to give them a lot of credit for playing well against us. Um, since then, though, I think we learned a lot from those games and have, have improved as a result, and that's what you always want to do whenever you lose a game. First off, I assume Whitman and Sol Ross State will never be invited to another tournament of yours, right? <laughs> well, it's always good to play good people, yeah. and 
it makes you better. And by playing Whitman, especially, you learn a lot. You learn your weaknesses. You, you learn what you have to do better. And uh, they just do a great job with that program. Some people don't understand uh, the Whitman defense. I've seen it in person. And it's a, and it's a in a unique defense. Um, what's it like to go up against that kind of defense? Well, you know, we thought we were prepared for it. We, we uh, scheduled to play them the first game out there, so we'd have some days to practice for them. And, and <laughs> we worked hard. We really did. It sure didn't show it when we, when we played the game, though. But uh, uh, they have such good athletes, and uh, they, they work so hard. They never, they never stop playing with intensity. Uh, you think you, have, you break a trap, you think you're in good shape, and then all of a sudden somebody's chasing you from behind. Somebody else picks you up, and then somebody rotates over, and they get a steal. Yeah. Uh, it's it's an outstanding system, and they and they do it really well. As I always put it, you get the ball in the inbounds, you turn, you go, wait, oh hi, uh, <laughs> oh you're going to be a little closer than I thought you were. <laughs> they always have a guy right there. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the event in in Arizona. I'd love to to talk more about that. But you then had ten days to kind of get back on track. Of course, played a conference game on the 29th. Um, uh, interesting enough, and then well, is that a conference? Hold on a second. Yes, yeah, was. conference game on the 29th, followed by a game against New Jersey City. A little bit of a quirk there uh, between Christmas and New Year's. Yes, that was our most old Qantas Classic that we have every year between Christmas and New Year's. And what happened with Ohio Wesleyan is we were scheduled to play them uh, uh, during the days that we were going to be on our trip to Phoenix. And so we had to move that, and the best place to put it was uh, into the most old Classic. So we set it up so that we would play them as a conference game the first night and have predetermined play New Jersey City the second night. And it worked out well. Yeah, interesting games there. New Jersey City also gave you guys a bit of a battle. You, you certainly have seemed to, one, challenge yourselves in non-conference play, but at the same time, learn from it because it seemed like the team has really adapted and, and learned more about themselves as, as the season has moved on. Well, that's right, Dave. And, and you want to schedule tough opponents in non-league for two reasons. One, to learn and get better as a result, and also for the strength of schedule, which is so important. Well, let's fast forward. You got past your rival Wittenberg at their place, 73-65. And as we mentioned, you got the win at home against Wabash to split the season with them. And what is an interesting race in the conference, uh, you guys and Wabash basically are tied atop with both with one loss in the, in the, uh, on the season in conference play. And Wittenberg is three games back. You still have Ohio Wesleyan to play coming up this weekend. And you still have Wittenberg, though, at your place and DePaul who's you know never one you can dismiss they're sitting in fourth place in the conference there's still a lot of work to do a lot of tough games left Dave that's for sure and you didn't mention at Denison true another team that's very capable and we play Oberlin also and those are our five remaining games so they're all going to be tough tough challenges but um, Ohio Wesleyan is a team that uh, is, they're very young of course they lost outstanding guards in Axelrod and Clark to graduation but they've reloaded. They have some outstanding freshmen. In fact, I think recently they've been starting four freshmen who are very talented, and they've gotten a lot better since we played them the first time. And we know it's going to be a big challenge in their gym on Saturday. You guys, you talk about the senior leadership, but it's a junior and Daniel uh, Hempy who's leading the way with 20 points a game. Yeah, D Dupler is a senior second, but then you have two sophomores in Williams and Scott, 10 plus, 9 plus points a game. You still do get a lot of underclassmen who are rising to the occasion as well. Yes, uh, you're right. Uh, uh, Daniel and Reese are, are our leaders, but uh, you know, along with Eric Bullock, who doesn't score as much, but is, is a senior who uh, does a great job on the defensive end and, and, and the rebounding. 
But uh, those young guys are coming along, and uh, Dante Williams uh, transferred in and uh, had an immediate impact. But Keon Scott has really come on strong as a blade, sophomore guard, and uh, he's been very important for us. You've won more than 750 games at Worcester alone, over 840 games overall, and as a result, Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame has decided to induct you. Uh, you were officially recognized recently, but you'll go in in May. What does an honor like that mean to you? Well, sure, certainly, um, you know, it almost leaves you speechless to know uh, you're going into something like that. But, uh, but the reason for it, of course, is uh, having outstanding players over the years who are, who are not only very talented, that's obvious, you don't win the games without having talent, but great young men, great quality people who are team-oriented, and uh, that's been the big key to our success, along with having outstanding coaches coach with me, most notably Doug Klein and Bruce Martin, who have been with us. 20 plus years and that, that continuity is unheard of in college basketball. Yeah, I was going to say I'm more used to, I think I'm, I'm just as used to seeing them on the sidelines as I'm used to seeing For sure. seeing you. Uh, back to the Mesa question. Uh, interesting that you guys had an event you were hosting uh, out in Mesa, Arizona. I, I'm curious what kind of brought that about and, and the antithesis behind it. Well, you know, we, we wanted to go out to Arizona to play Phoenix area specifically. Uh, we had a player who graduated last year, Ari Stern, from out there, and uh, we wanted to get out there while well, Ari was still playing. It just didn't work out. But Coach Doug Klein, who we mentioned our associate head coach, is the man responsible for setting this up. He pursued it. He got it done and did a great job and secured the facility, made some contacts, invited the teams, Whittier, et cetera, or Whitman, et cetera, and, um, and we got the team, got the thing organized in it. Other than the games on the court, losing the games, it was a great trip. Our players really enjoyed it. We had some alumni functions out there, and uh, just being in that state at that time of the year, great weather, and it was a really good trip for our for our program. Well, I said you won't be playing Whitman or Sol Ross State. I suspect you won't go back to Arizona uh, either. By the way, you're welcome to D3Hoops.com Classic, just a little further north in Las Vegas if you want to come out. Yeah, that would work out well if we didn't have our own tournament. At that I time. know. I, I totally said that tongue in cheek, knowing that you guys have your own event. Uh, much like FNM, you guys have a lot of events yourself. Uh, before we let you go, what's the message to the team here in the final five regular season games and then heading into the conference tournament? Well, Dave, just keep getting better, which we want to do all year long, and just keep improving. Uh, play the next game as the most important game of the season, and um, there are still things we can improve upon. Uh, we need to bring our defensive intensity every game. Uh, at the beginning and uh, play team basketball. Those are the key things for us in general, and we hope to keep doing that. Well, I should also ask, how important is it to make sure the tournament comes through Timken? Well, certainly that would be nice, but uh, you know, a lot of work to do to get to get that ha to make that happen. Uh, and that's and that's uh, next task is at Ohio Western on Saturday. Sure. Well, Coach, appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, and chat about the, the uh, squad and, and certainly play well. Um, I, I love the message again behind you. That's well, well done, sir. Well done. Uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Oh, Dave, like I always say whenever I talk with you, thank you so much. We appreciate all that you do with Hoopsville, D3Hoops.com does, does for Division Three basketball. Uh, you're the best. We really appreciate you. Well, thank you, and as I say to everybody, we couldn't do it without coaches like yourself willing to come on the show, so thank you as well. Good luck the rest of the way, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Thank you, Dave. Steve Moore joining us here on the Skype Blue Frame Technology 
Uh, Hoopsville Hotline. Of course, all interviews on Hoopsville Hotline are courtesy of our partners at Blue Frame Technology and their industry-leading production truck software. Is your college ready to showcase its teams through a reliable and innovative video streaming service that won't break your budget? Blue Frame's advanced digital broadcast tools will help take your broadcast to the next level. Learn more today at visiting blueframetech.com. That's www.blueframetech.com. We're going to take another break. When we come back, keep things rolling along on this sixth annual Hoopsville Marathon. Up next... Kent Dernbach of the 25th-ranked lacrosse team. Wisconsin lacrosse, surprising many. We'll talk to Kent about it. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. More Hoopsville when we return. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. UW-Eau Claire and Mayo Clinic Health System are creating amazing opportunities for students from across the Midwest. Our collaborative research agreement allows students to work with world-renowned physicians and scientists. And with more than 80 majors, UW-Eau Claire is the perfect fit for those who dream big and are ready to change the world. I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, here on the Marathon. It's sixth annual, crawling along here. Uh, we're a few hours in. Got quite a few hours left to go. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, Hoopsville at D, or I'm sorry, Dave McHugh at D3Sports.com. We're holding uh, the Hoopsville one seems to be acting up. We're still trying to figure it out. So Dave.McHugh at D3Sports.com. I, I haven't checked the email in a little bit, so if you've emailed me, I'll try and get to it in a moment. Um, you can also join us on Facebook where we're live streaming, the simulcasting the show, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Um, if you talk about the Central Region and the WIAC, we knew the WIAC race was going to be a beast. But, and, and we knew every game was going to be tough. Uh, there's, it, there's no way of saying it to not expect Oshkosh to have a good season. Stevens Point, we thought, would have a good season. Platteville, 
we thought would have a good season. Thought we'd have a good one out of, of Whitewater. And then Eau Claire, River Falls, Stout, and Lacrosse figured to the player role. But that's kind of how we saw it breaking down. Well, Lacrosse is sitting a game out of first place behind Oshkosh. Stevens Point's tied with Platteville, three games out of first, two games behind Lacrosse. And Whitewater's actually in the lower half at three and five in conference play. A little more topsy turvy than we expected. And despite the fact Lacrosse lost four games in the first month of the season, doesn't seem to be stopping the Eagles, who are absolutely trudging along right now. Their lone loss since November happened in. In against Elmhurst in a uh, a game in Phoenix. Now we should point out they also lost to Oshkosh most recently. But I meant to say the the only loss that kind of stands out since November is the Elmhurst game. What's going on? Well, we figured we'd have a chat with their head coach Kent Dernbach to figure out what's going on because he also just defeated his his uh, his old team Stevens Point. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it's the head coach of the aforementioned lacrosse unit, Kent Dernbach. And, and Coach, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having us, Dave. Absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, uh, did you guys get the memo? Um, you, you, you weren't supposed to be in the top <laughs> position here. You're supposed to play a role, but I don't think you're supposed to knock off your old foe, or your old team, I should say, and, and all this other stuff. Uh, you, you guys have, have been making some waves. Well, as you know, when you have five seniors, right, that yeah. have been together, four, four of those guys have been together now um, for all four years. And we talked about Talvis McCray. This is his, his, uh, his fifth year here. Um, you know, you, you can make some noise. And, mm-hmm. and, but as you said, the conference, they returned everybody too, right? Yeah. Three of the top vote-getters last year, you know, returned. And we knew it was going to be a bear. But um, we have a special group, right? And, and obviously, I, I really enjoy our team and, um, and I, joy, uh, I really appreciate and respect how well we're able to get um, um, after it on the defensive end. And when you're able to do that, that's not the easy way to play, right? And everybody knows you have to defend at a high level. And it's not the easy way to do it. But um, um, when you get a group of guys and you get a group of seniors together that certainly buy in to that side of the basketball, then you're going to be in a lot of close games. And we, we, didn't, we didn't have that figured out there right at the beginning, Dave. Yeah. But, you know, certainly we've been playing some pretty darn good basketball here last few months misspoke at the beginning you actually went three and three to start in the first month mm-hmm. um your third loss coming in the sixth game against central you lost to Rippon. you lost to st john's of course st john's everyone expected a really good season from but the Rippon and central games you kind of shake your mm-hmm. head at then followed that up with a with a hip uh, a little bit of a hiccup against elmhurst uh in non-conference play there in arizona but it's been it's been what you've done in between it, it after those six games you went on a four-game winning streak after the loss to elmhurst mm-hmm. On a on a five game winning streak, you've won seven of eight. You really seem to have found your stride at just the right time. Yeah, we we came together. I mean, we um, we played those games on the road, right? Um, we were we were at Central, who um, I think, quite honestly, we caught them on a really really good night. You know how talented they are offensively, and and the the job that Coach Craig you know does out there. And um, we traveled out there and just did not have a very good performance. And then you know prior to that. You know, obviously playing St. John's to a five-point game at their place. And then, you know, Rippon, um, um, again, at their place where we didn't shoot it real well. And credit to Coach Kane and, and his staff. And, you know, where we lost by three there, you think, and they held us under 60 points. But we held them to 61. And um, and then Elmhurst, right, I mean, they just beat Marietta the night before. It was us, Marietta, Lake Forest, and Elmhurst, um, you know, out in that tournament. And, and Elmhurst was, uh, had a really good weekend, right? They 
They beat Marietta, I think, handed them, I believe, their only loss so far of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then um, we had a nice lead against them, and it was a possession-by-possession game you know, coming down the stretch, and they happened to get us there. So, um, you know, all those games, we knew we had to test ourselves going into league play. And, uh, and when early on there, Dave, we, we had eight new guys. So although we returned you know, five seniors to our roster this year, um, you know, here and our staff second year, we, we added eight new guys um, to this, you know, to our program. And, you know, that takes some adjustment in, um, in how those guys fit in. And, you know, certainly um, that's with any team. And you know, it, uh, now over the last few months, again, we found of why we had success last year. And it's kind of a broken record, but um, when we when when we're so good on the ball and we we can defend at a high level, um, then we're then we're pretty we're a tough out, Dave. Um, and if not, then, then then obviously chance doesn't favor us. Well, it's it's interesting how you guys have put it together. There isn't anybody I'm talking about in the central region or talking to who isn't going. Geez, have you looked at lacrosse or geez, have you seen what lacrosse is putting together? And again, I point out you, you defeated Stevens Point um, at their place back on the 16th. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, followed that up with an Oshkosh loss, but it was it was tight. That's nothing to knock a stick at. They're, I mean, they're <laughs> they got to the championship game last year, yeah. uh, and then got past River Falls and Whitewater. You've got Stevens Point coming back up as obviously we turn back into things. Is there anything you can take from the first game and 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 be able to use, or do you know Bob well enough to know this is a whole, this is going to be a little bit different when I see him this time around? Well, we're going to get their best effort, but I, you know, I thought we got a pretty darn solid effort, um, you know, at their place um, when we played them the first time around. And and you talked about it earlier, Dave. Uh, our league, it's going to be possession by possession games, you know, down the stretch. And and I expect that again tonight. I would be really surprised if one team is able to get away or uh, and extend a, a significant lead over the other team. Um, it's going to be. Two teams that really pride themselves on the defensive end, and um, and we're going to have to be able to really outlast them, you know, down the stretch. We know how comfortable they are playing late in the shot clock, and and we're going to have to win those mini games, you know, down the stretch. And if we can do that, then then we give ourselves a real nice chance on our home floor. And you know, we talk about those five losses, you know, that we've had, and all of those are away from Mitchell Hall. You know, right now we're seven or zero. Um, on our home floor, if you include a, um, a win against uh, our, our local rival for Turbo 8-0 on our home floor, and, and, and we have to keep that going tonight. If, if we're going to be one of those teams that's going to be in the, in the hunt, you know, down the stretch here over the last few weeks, you have to protect home floor. And boy, we've got a heck of a challenge for us, you know, this week. Uh, you know, two weeks ago, we went to Stevens Point on a Wednesday and then went to Oshkosh on a Saturday and and played them to a one-possession game with 40 seconds to go. And now this week, um, we have two home games. And um, first one here is tonight, and with a quick turnaround coming on Saturday against Platteville. And we should point out, you guys are part of the uh, two in the WIAC who will, will continue to play tonight. The other two, ironic games, ironically including Platteville, will now move to Monday due to the weather. Um, by the way, you talk about how important it is to play at Mitchell Hall. Four of your next six are at Mitchell Hall. You yeah. have a an, an an interesting advantage should you be able to hold it here to wrap up the end of this season. Yeah, that's what's been really exciting. Uh, you know, our start here in conference play is um, 
you know, seven seven games obviously in the first round with an eight team league, and and four of those games were on the road, and then we started the second round right away uh, at Whitewater. And again, if you're able if you're able to guard, then defense can travel, you know, and and we've been able to do that. And now we have to take advantage here, you know, down the stretch, and we know we're going to get teams best shot, and that doesn't matter if we're in first, second, or fifth place, right? You're going to get great challenges you know, in this league and you have to come or you will be embarrassed on your home floor yeah. or on the road. Yeah. And, uh, uh, we got a heck of a, we got a heck of a test, uh, you know, tonight against the pointers. Um, you're, you're from the Stevens point area. We should point out that's kind of where your family is from. Are you now persona non grata there after, uh, your, your win at Stevens point earlier? I mean, did you not get a memo? <sighs> yeah, no, you and <laughs> Dave, there's just, there, you know that area. That's so special to myself yeah. and to you know to my family. We were there for over six years, and they have they're great people there with really good players and um, uh, and people that surround that program. And um, you know to go in there and and to get a win. You know people are like, hey, you haven't um, lacrosse hasn't done that for a long time in, in in two decades. And um, that's that was our job, right? We it wasn't about you know, breaking the streak. It was our job. We needed to go in there and play good basketball and try to beat a really, really good basketball team that's that's coached by one of the best coaches in the country. And um, fortunately, we were able to do that. And we know that we're going to have to play. They're a better basketball team right now when we played them two weeks ago. I have no doubt about that. Um, their players are playing better. They're, they're better offensively. They're better defensively. But I think we're a better basketball team too, Dave. And, and we're going to see, a, you know, hopefully a great matchup tonight. Well, we're looking forward to it tonight. Um, though we'll be on the air, we'll try and find a way to watch it yeah. at the same time. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time because I know your schedule is all over the place. Uh, so we want to let you go because you got to get ready. Uh, thank you for the time. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, you know, obviously, I appreciate um, all that you know D three hoops does and and how special Division three um, Division three is and, and just how special a place UW Lacrosse is. Right? I mean, for the nineteen of the last twenty years, um, we've been one of the uh, of the top um, institution and in, public institution in our state, and it's a it's a heck of a university and it's a heck of a town, and and certainly just really happy that our alumni and our program is um is able to get some attention here that i really believe it deserves well uh, you certainly have earned it uh you guys have a tough stretch ahead but you've done a lot so far and uh you guys certainly are the talk of the town as it were in the wyack appreciate the time good luck tonight and saturday and the rest of the way and we'll look forward to talking to you down the road yeah thanks dave absolutely kent Dernback joining us here on the blue frame technology hoopsville hotline again eagles playing well here um Stevens Point coming to town tonight. Again, at home against Platteville. On the road against River Falls is their next one. Then home against Eau Claire. And home against Oshkosh on February 13th. Circle that date. Should lacrosse still be playing as well as they are? That one's going to be a very important game. Then they wrap up the season on the road against Stout. Take another break when we come back. Gordon Mann, the senior writer for D3Hoops.com, will join us. We'll get him uh, as he sneaks in a little time in his busy day to talk about women's basketball. Still ahead after him, we'll talk to Candace Brown from Vassar, Stephanie Flamini at Guilford, those two women's programs making some news. Charlie Brock will join us in the NABC Coaches Corner from Springfield. We still have to talk to Elliot Steinmetz at Yeshiva. Matt Logie from Whitworth will join us. Also, Tim Layden from Sports Illustrated, Bill Finney from Marymount, the former 
AD and head coach. Daniel Donahue from WBCA, Josh Erickson from Beyond Sports, Sam Atkinson from Gallaudet, the men's basketball committee chair, and Trevor Woodruff from Scranton. We may sneak in some more, and then we chat it all up with our Hoopsville happy hour as well. That's still ahead on this show. We still got coffee. We still got water. We're still moving along. You should join us. Pace yourselves. Pace yourselves. It is a marathon. We'll be back with more Hoopsville. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Back with more after this. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm Amy Reed, head coach at RIT and a member of the Women's Basketball Coaches Association. We hope you enjoy the show. Now back to Dave. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, here from the WBCA NABC studios. Appreciate their support. It's also the support of Blue Frame Technology, the city of Salem, and also Wisconsin Eau Claire and Randolph Macon for their support and advertising and sponsorship here with Hoopsville. Certainly been helpful this year. We may even add a few more before the season ends, but looking forward to where this can take us in the future. I'm uh, going to switch gears, talk women's basketball for the next few guests. As we mentioned, Candace Brown of Vassar coming up along with Stephanie Flamini as well. Not the only women's guests we still have to talk to. Uh, Bill Finney, the former Marymount head coach and athletics director and uh, 
Trevor Woodruff will join us. Of course, Daniel Donahue from the WBCA will talk women's basketball as well. But to really get the insight on women's basketball and what is going on in Division Three, one person you always need to talk to is our senior writer at uh, D3Hoops.com, senior editor, whatever you want to call him, Gordon Mann. He's always, he always, every time he makes a comment about women's basketball, I have my perception changed just a little bit. He has an incredible insight. And I always like it when we get him on the air because he's an incredibly busy man. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it's the aforementioned Gordon Mann. And sir, thank you as always for helping us out. My pleasure. Thanks for letting me join the fun during the marathon. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's awesome that we get you here on the marathon. Um, First and foremost, your thoughts on what we've seen so far in 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 the season of that is women's basketball this year. Well, I think you know I think we have two teams that have sort of separated themselves from the the pack at least a little bit uh, at the at the top of the pole, and then you've you've got a tier of I don't know somewhere between eight and twelve teams right behind them, and um, you've had some some good stories a little further down the pole, but. You know, if you're watching this from a national perspective, we had a, a weird thing happen a couple weeks ago where uh, we had basically a virtual tie for first place. Yeah. Uh, Bowden and Thomas Moore both received the same number of points in the in the ballot. You have the you know number one is worth 25, and number two is worth 24, and so on. So uh, they they both landed on the same point total. Uh, Bowden had one more number one vote than. Uh, Thomas Moore did. We have 25 voters, so that can't be tied. And that was uh, tw- 13 to 12. Uh, Bowden and, um, and and Bowden, we you know considered them the number one on the basis of having uh, one more uh, number one vote. And then last week after Amherst, after the win over Amherst, uh, some of the voters uh, switched from voting for Thomas Moore for number one mm-hmm. to Bowden. And that, now we have still a really really tight. Uh, you know, race at the top of the pole, if you want to think of it that way. But Bowden now is uh, is number one without the asterisk. <laughs> yeah, without it's it, it never happened in the history of the poll, um, and and rightly so. You use the first place vote since you have an odd number uh, of voters. It, it makes for a perfect remedy there uh, to break that tie up. I'll, by the way, I do want to say I kind of predicted that Bowden might separate themselves from Thomas Moore in the show, and I think some people thought I have the power of influence in voters. You can probably tell <laughs> anybody out there, no one's listening to me on my take on those kinds of things. Um, but how hard has it been? I, I, I say this kind of tongue in cheek because you know, on the men's side, it's been difficult to vote in the last few years. Yeah. I feel like for the first time in a number of years on the women's side, it's gotten just a little bit more difficult to put your ballot together now. It has. Uh, you know, last year we had a number of weeks where we had one week where nobody in the top twenty-five lost. And we had a number. We had a number where, you know, one or two teams would lose, and you know, someone in the middle of the pack or someone down near the bottom of the ballot. And depending on whether you were voting for that team or not, you might adjust. Uh, what's become harder this year for voting is uh, at the top of the ballot, you have to decide which version of undefeated is better, uh, and and it's two weird versions. You know, the NESCAC teams are always going to be a little unusual because they only play each other once, so you're not going to get that. You know, if Bowden and Amherst may meet again, but it'll be in the NESCAC tournament. It won't be. There's no second game between those two teams. So uh, voters are, are automatically forced to kind of suss out in their head, okay, you know, Bowden beat Amherst by 10, but that was at Bowden, and that was the second game 24 hours. How do I weigh all those things as opposed to saying, you know, we'll see what they do the next time they play uh, during the regular season. So the NESCAC teams are always have an unusual schedule or in that regard 
And then Thomas Moore, as we've touched on before, has extremely weird schedule where they played, you know, really tw- all but all but one of the games that are going to matter uh, before the NCAA tournament uh, before you know January 10th. You know, I had a couple of games against some NAI teams. Uh, there are two schools from their old conference that have left them on, including St. Vincent, that they destroyed last night. And uh, but basically, Thomas Moore basically played his whole regular season in the span of about six weeks. So. As a voter, you're you're left. To, you have one team who you know is pretty good, and they're 22 and 0, and one team who you know is pretty good, but it had the long semester break off, and they're 10 and 0. So you're looking at those two teams and and trying to figure out, all right, which one's better? And and uh, you know, I think what's happened over over the years, Thomas More's schedule has started to lose a little bit of luster because some of those teams who they beat, we still think are very good have taken losses of their own. So, you know, Whitewater, which looked like a really good win early in the season, is now 12-7. and And Marietta, which looked like a really good win, is now middle of the pack in the OAC. And Chicago, which looked like a really good win, is probably not catching WashU for the conference title. So there's nothing Thomas Moore can do about any of those things. But uh, uh, the combination of the weird uh, uh, compression of Thomas Moore's Mm -hmm. schedule uh, and the, the quirks that you always get with the NESCAC teams has made it hard to sort of figure out, all right, which of these, uh, you know, which of these, it re- you really do have to make a decision between an apple and an orange. You really don't have a choice. It's, yeah, I mean, I, I, I find the women's race this year fascinating. You're right, those top two teams have separated themselves. Thomas More's schedule, of course, is the talk of the town because it's just how wacky it's being in their last year. And you hope that they can get back up to full speed in time for the tournament. I suspect they will. Jeff Hans is a good coach. But you just never know. But, you know, you've got Mary Harden Baylor at number six. Um, St. Joseph's of Maine is sitting at 10. Uh, you get to see East Texas Baptist at 15. Uh, you're seeing some new blood. Transylvania now jumping yep. in at 22. Misericordia is at Misericordia at 25. Granted, lost to DeSales, but still a good team. And you have a lot of teams, Gordon, being voted for. This is a time of the year in the women's poll. Normally, the receiving votes category is kind of small. Um, yeah, it is. It, yeah, it, it's it, kind it of is fun. different this year. Yeah, it is different. Um, you know, I, administering the poll, I, I appreciate the folks who I always. I, I, Nine times out of ten, I'm always glad to see a new team that wasn't not sure. just not being voted, but yeah. wasn't even on the ballot. I mean, generally the way it works is you'll get a list of the teams that are in the top 25, the teams that receive votes, and then I'll add two or three or four more, um, you know, from around the country with who have good records, or you know, sometimes it's obvious it's a team that beat somebody right. who was in the top 25. And uh, I'm always happy to see folks add add teams from their region. Uh, and, uh, you know, for the most part, they've, uh, they've, they've been pretty, uh, pretty valid additions. And, you know, the weird thing is, is that same kind of decision making process that you have to make at the top of the ballot, you, you also have to make, you know, in the middle of the, or at the next tier of the ballot, you basically have to decide, you know, whose, whose loss is least bad. Is it, you know, St. Thomas, who got beaten soundly by Wartburg, but has two great players? Is it, Mary Harden Baylor, who lost pretty soundly to Thomas Moore, but has beaten everybody else. So, you know, what do you think of Scranton's one loss? What do you do with uh, uh, with Tufts one loss? And, and some of these things will get sorted out, but probably not until we get to the conference tournament. Sure, these teams either won't see each other again. Uh, you know, East Texas Baptist is another really hard one to gauge because while that conference is really good, all the teams that are really good are concentrated on the other side of the conference. So. They get one game against Mary Harden-Baylor, which they lost. They get one game against Texas-Dallas, which they lost. 
and that's it. So if you're looking for their best win, it's you know probably probably Harden Simmons, who's a little bit above 500. So that's that's a hard team to gauge. Geneseo is a hard team to gauge. They only have one loss, but they right. don't really have anybody of note that they beat. You know, uh, St. Joseph's of Maine is hard to gauge. They have no losses, but there's not a team that if you were you know, probably doing a top 75 that they have on their, on their schedule. So they also have uh, a great senior core. Yes, they do. You know, I've, I've, what I've tried to do more of this year is watch more of these teams on video and that um, gets a little dangerous because you, you watch a team, you know, I'm, I'm going to tune in to watch two good teams play. I, I, I know how, you know, Thomas Moore Geneva is going to turn out. So I don't need to watch that game. Sure. But <laughs> you watch two teams and then one of them, blows out the other one or beats the other one and then you kind of get that lodged in your head wow look at how good this team is yeah, yeah. um and and they they sort of stick there and uh you know it, it, i did have a chance i i did watch some of st joseph's of maine knowing that they weren't going to have a team that i could really go back and look at a box score later on right. and say okay how good are they and I, I i still do think they're they're pretty good their point guard uh mcnamara is really good they have some good low post players but you, I mean, that's a team that's largely ranked on the strength of a loss at the end of last year. You know, if they get sure. beat by Amherst last year by 25 points, they might be ranked. Yep. But they're not number 10 in the country. Yeah, exact conversation we had with uh, Mike McDevitt earlier in the program, uh, talking about how he even said that. You know, we're we're maybe riding a little bit of the, of the wave off of last year's loss, and and it, it was the closest loss anybody had to Amherst uh, yep. in that tournament. So yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, I, I thought you were going to say there it gets a little dangerous because you get the stink guy from the family. Uh, I've been trying to lessen <laughs> the amount of games I'm watching on a general night, and it hasn't necessarily yeah. benefited me, well, and I, it certainly I, surprised my wife. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm limited. I do limit it a little bit. I, I appreciate the schools like, uh, uh, you know, like on the West Coast? some of the other schools. The way, well, the West Coast schools, by that point, by the time an NWC game's on, uh, my kids are in bed. Right. Uh, <laughs> Hope has their games. Uh, uh, archive, oh, yeah. so I can True. you know go back and watch one of their games and some of the other schools that are that are on uh, uh, that you know have their games on Roku or whatever. You can do that, but yeah, I, I too uh, generally I'm, I'm not a I would not I, I, the person who would give me the stink guy would be the two smallest yep. people in the house if I came in and <laughs> turned Paw Patrol to uh, you know Mary Harden Baylor Howard Payne on a Wednesday night. My son now wouldn't mind, but my daughter would still yeah. give me the stink eye. I'm with you. No, I'm with you. You don't ruin Paw Patrol, sir. Uh, I'm with you. Hey, uh, the women's tournament also starting to get the feel that big time now. I mean, we knew this was going to happen heading to Salem, uh, that Salem would give them the experience, and we haven't even gotten there, but we're seeing hints already. Now we're seeing, you know, there's there's coaches clinic that's going to take place. They're going to have mm-hmm. a, a social hour now with coaches. All things that have been part of the men's side that we've helped facilitate too, and the All Star Game now. This I feel like the women are finally getting their just due to some degree. Yeah, I think I mean there's there's nobody who's more experienced in the country at hosting Division Three national championship events uh, than than Carrie and his, his team in Salem. So there's. There'll be no learning curve here. This is not no. an organization that, you know, is going to be surprised at the level of effort or, uh, you know, it's been a while since we had one school do it in back-to-back years, but usually the story was the first year you do it, you kind of get your bearings, and the second year you build off of that. Um, and there, there's not going to be any of that. Uh, the, the All-Star game, I think, will be a lot of fun uh, for the players. You know, you'll be, 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 if it's handled the same way the NABC does, uh, they really treat the the players who come down very special. They get 
basically the same cool experience that you would get if you were in the champions on one of the championship teams. So um, I, I think that will be, I think that'll be positive. And I, I think, you know, we'll see how the brackets are built out this yeah, year. Yeah. Um, but the last couple of years, uh, at least three of the four teams and some year four of the four teams, I think last year it was really all four, but uh, most years, three of the four teams, you look at them and you go, yeah, that, that team could, could win two games this weekend and could win a national championship. And that, you know, that just makes it makes the weekend even more exciting if the games on the court have some some drama to it to sure. them too. Yeah, that's a very good point. And the Craiger Center is a beautiful place. Uh, looking forward to seeing the games uh, uh, take place there and whatnot. I know I got to let you go. Thank you for your time. I know you're a busy man. We will get you uh, on later shows. Um, always love your take on things, as I've said before. As always, final word goes to the guest. Final thoughts for those who may be tuning in. Stay hydrated, Dave. Long day. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I got plenty of water right. and coffee in front of me. All right. <laughs> hey, Gordon, take care of yourself. We'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. Yep. Gordon Mann joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, presented by Buff, uh, Blue Frame Technology. I got some uh, Buffalo Wild Wings last night. Uh, that's where my Buffalo came from. Anyway, uh, thank Gordon for joining us. Appreciate it, as always. Always has a good take. If you ever get a chance, he sometimes chimes in on the boards. Uh, most recently, I saw him in the Mid-Atlantic on the Landmark board explaining his ballot and his voting ideas. Really good. And I even take stuff from him. He made a comment on there, and I went and messaged him privately and went, Hey, I, I always have a different take on that. Can you kind of give me a, a, a reasoning why you go that way? Or in this case, went that way, and, and I'm doing this. You know, maybe I got to rethink things. And he he gives me his take. He, he's very analytical. He's he's very thoughtful. He's very well. He 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 writes incredibly well, and uh, always love his take. Gordon is a gem. Uh, we got to get him on the All Star game. I got to make an email, make sure that he has uh, on the broadcast for the All Star game because Division Three and the All Star game deserves his take on things for sure. By the way, just saw this note. We're talking about the game 200 for Hope Calvin. Bob Quillman just pointed out, Illinois, Wesleyan, and Milliken have played 231 times in men's basketball, dating back to 1909 and 1910. That's a lot of games. That is incredible. Talk about rivalry, right? And nobody talks about the Illinois-Wesleyan-Milliken rivalry, to be honest with you. No one really does. And I'm not saying no one. That's not a fair way of saying it. But it's just not a common conversational starter uh, when you talk about rivalries. But maybe it should be take another break when we come back where are we going all right women's basketball candace brown vassar joining us on the show uh her her head coach bill finney will join us later in the show i know he's proud of what she's done ashley rogers has done and others of the ilk of marymount have done i'm really impressed with what she's done especially this year she will join us next to talk about her squad what she's been up to and can they win the Liberty League? They've only lost two games this season. We'll talk to her about all of that. You are listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. We are three hours into the marathon. We've got at least five hours to go. Join us. Tell your friends about it. We're having fun. It's all about D3 basketball. More after this. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. Welcome to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, home of Blue Gold Athletics. 
UW-Eau Claire has been ranked a top five regional public university for over 20 years. We graduate champions with the lowest debt and highest return on investment in the Midwest. Blue Gold Athletics is a Director's Cup Top 20 Division III program offering 22 sports with almost 700 student athletes. UW-Eau Claire is about excellence in the classroom, the field of competition, and the community. Are you the next Blue Gold? My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. It's odd. It seems like one of our ads didn't run properly there. I will have to look into what's going on there as went to a blank screen with a countdown clock still for us. Uh, if you got questions for us, this marathon continues. Hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Well, no, don't use that. Uh, Dave McHugh. Dave.McHugh at d3sports.com. It's scrolling at the bottom of your screen. Get our email address there. Our Twitter account's there as well. Um, and, of course, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. So update on the Facebook. Uh, you normally can live stream about four hours. We're into hour number, th you know, in the hour number th four here. We'll, we'll wrap up in an hour. But we just got an email. I kid you not, today, saying we can now keep our streams going. They don't get stopped at four hours, or at least our streaming service will keep them going. We hope we edited it to allow it to continue, but we will monitor what happens in an hour, and if things break up, we will start another stream as best we can. Not sure how it's going to work out. We'll see how it goes. We're trying not to abbreviate the original stream. That's kind of where the challenge is here. I, I, it's all going to be a learning experience as we try and continue things here, all to make the viewing experience for you all better. I'm going to keep with the women's basketball theme here for our next couple of guests. And if you have been not paying attention to women's basketball, Gordon Mann just got you up to speed. If you're not paying attention to women's basketball in the East region, one team that may surprise you when regional rankings come out next week, Vassar. 17-2 and two this season, 11-1 and one in conference play. They've already met the win total from last season when they were 17-10, and 11-7. And, and two years ago, they were 12-13. and 13. Three years ago, they were 10-15. and 15. 
They're not unfamiliar with 20-win seasons. We saw that a few years ago, but they have rebuilt and come back under a really good coach who was a really good player during her days at Marymount, back in the heyday of Marymount. Not that Marymount's not good now either. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, presented by Buff, uh, Blue Frame Technology, it's Cad- Candace Signor-Brown, who joins us from Vassar. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, no problem, Dave. Thanks for having me. Um, we will get this out of the way now. I think we mentioned this earlier. I am familiar with Candace as I called games with Pat Coleman, where Candace was involved. It feels both cool that you are coaching <laughs> and so good, but I'm also starting to realize my age a little bit here. Um First, congratulations, because, listen, you got this Vassar job, geez, how many years ago? Um, uh, this is actually my 10th season. Yeah, your 10th season, and yeah. and you immediately had an impact, a slow impact, but an impact. Listen, this program was 4-21 and in 08-09, um, mm-hmm. and that seemed to be the direction this program was going. But you, you already got onto our radar with a couple of 20-win seasons, and then it faded off. And I, I'll admit, Candace, I thought to myself, okay, she's done well. She's probably going to move on at some point. <laughs> but she can't keep the, 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 the train of talent going to Vassar, which is a difficult college to get into. She can't keep that train going. Oh, you're right back to, to where, I mean, 17-2 <laughs> and two here, Candace. Uh, what, what is working for you? Well, I mean, I think it's a, a lot of different parts, moving parts that are definitely uh, working for us. I mean, this is the first um, off season that we come back um, that, you know, I think every single one of our players got better. Um, and I mean, I know that's a hard, you know, ask at the Division three level, as in the summer, a lot of our kids are in internships, they're studying abroad, they're doing a lot of different things. And so, you know, for them to have all increase their level of play definitely is a key benefit to, um, you know, the success that we're experiencing this year. Um, I've also had the um, opportunity to, you know, consult with a, you know, performance and leadership strategist um, and Sarah uh Darren Backer, and so that has been really helpful. Um, you know, I'm really good at the, you know, technical and tactical part of the game, but, you know, that mental piece, you can always use some extra help. Um, and so having her on board and a part of what we do has definitely stretched our mental game, and I think that that's also a key benefit and has helped us in that success. One of the two losses was the first loss out of the gate, and now it's starting to look so much better. It, it was a 92-81 <laughs> loss to the New Paltz. And, and I – there wasn't anything to make of it originally, but they're now 14 and four on a tear right now through the SUNYAC. Um, so that game now has a whole different meaning to it. And your second loss was to Ithaca. Well, you know, Ithaca's a good team too. They're 15 and three. Yep. You've also beaten good teams. You've beaten Marymount uh, facing yep. off against a, uh, an alum. By the way, did you and Ashley play together? Yeah, we, we played together. For, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, three years. Three years. Okay, it was bigger yeah. crossover than I thought. So you beat yeah. a, an old teammate at Marymount um, in a tight game at their place. You didn't get mm-hmm. the memo, but I did you. You were not supposed to win that game. Um, <laughs> I don't know. If- I, I think I kind of got that memo, but, you know, <laughs> I also um, know that we have played Marymount, not necessarily at Marymount, um, just before, and that was the first win right. that we picked up. So I was happy to, you yeah, know. Sure. Take it at you know at my own stop at my old stopping ground. Yep, absolutely. Well, we'll get back to that in a minute. You also beat Williams. You've beaten Springfield this year. Um, the conference race is what it is. Um, you 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 can only do what you can. Ithaca's again the only one who's tripped you up, and 
Uh, you've got that matchup coming up, to, of course, to finish up the season. Nothing, nothing <laughs> yeah. going to be on the line at that game. No, no, no. Of no. course, right? Just, just the last game of the season. Are you? Are you? Is this what you expected this season? It, it, did you expect to be at the top of the conference with 17 wins at this point, or did you think this wasn't was going to be a little bit of a rougher season? And thus, are you? Are you? Are you happy with where you are? Well, let's start there. I'm definitely happy where we are. I think, um, you know, our kids have definitely worked extremely hard. Um, and, they, you know, I, I enjoy seeing it pay off for them. Um, and so at the beginning of the season, I, I don't know if I thought that we would be 17-2. and two. I thought we would be a very good team, um, but I'm not sure about 17-2. and two. But I'm ecstatic about it, um, and I think that, you know, you know how sometimes you can tell that this is going to be a special year. And I said to that to them early, um, and buy-in is one of those things that, you know, is priceless. And I think they really believed that they could be special, and they just started to really put into the work and understand what it was going to take. Um, and I think playing in the semifinal game last year just gave them a taste of the opportunity to, you know, be back in the conference, uh, playoffs, and compete for a championship. You know, it's what you guys have done caught my attention, certainly. And, and the, again, you won at Marymount, you won at Springfield, you won at home against Williams. And again, Ithaca tripped you up, but that game is back on November 30th. And I'm not looking, I know you're not looking six games ahead necessarily, but the no. ne- that last one is at home. And basically, not that you're two different teams, but how much can you really put into a November 30th game when preparing for a February 16th game? Um, you, you can't. I mean, I think that both of our teams, both Ithaca and us, have, uh, you know, improved over the course of the season. Um, and so, you know, looking at the team that we were on November 30th is very different than the team that we are now. Um, and I say the same thing for an Ithaca, um, as they have definitely continued to grow over the course of the season. Uh, but I think it's going to be a tough game. You know, um, they always are a tough matchup for us. Um, Dan Raymond does a really good job there. Um, and we're going to have to play uh, a game. You know, we're not going to be able to play a B-minus game against them. Um, and so hopefully we come out firing on all cylinders. Hopefully the um, excitement of the uh, – it's our senior game. It's our home last, you know, game at home. All of that goes into us, you know, being able to bring it that day. Um. By the way, I'm on your website. Can I just say I need to talk to you about some fashion tips? I mean, the suspenders with bow tie look is outstanding. Um, I, I love it. Uh, looking, uh, this is this is tremendous. Um, what are you telling the team now as you guys make the make the turn here? What do you tell the unit about what you need to do, what you need to pull off, what you need to focus on, what you don't need to focus on? Um, you know, we talk a lot about the outside distractions. You know, we right now are on a 14, I don't know, 16-game winning streak. I've lost count because, again, that's not my focus. Sure. Um, my focus really is one game at a time. And so, you know, I keep t- talking to them about having a laser-like focus. Put on blinders and focus on the game in front of us. Um, because I think that if we can really focus on the game in front of us, we you know, it's within our grasp to pick up another win. But if we're focusing six games out, if we're focusing on, you know, Union versus Board, which is our Saturday game versus our Friday game, we are bound to drop one. So really having laser-like focus is important. Um, and this is the final, pro- um, the final push. Um, so, you know, really continually doing, continuously doing what we've been doing, but really being sharper 
um, and in our execution and more disciplined on the defensive end is kind of, you know, what we're constantly talking about. Uh, talking to Coach Candace Signer-Brown here of, I was about to say Marymount, of Vassar. <laughs> um, team is 17-2 and two overall, 11-1 in Liberty play. By the way, it's 14 straight games if you're, if you're counting at home. Uh, okay. that this team has been uh, clicking along with. Uh, the last loss, again, coming to Ithaca way back in November, and now it is way back in November, two months ago. Um, you have two seniors on this – or sorry, three seniors on this. No, I was right, two seniors on the – No, no, no. No, no, we I am three. right. We're, we're, we'll do it. Hey, it's only eight hours of a show. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> three. Uh, you got three seniors on this team. I'm trying to double-check. Sorry, I'm flipping around here. No, Jack- well, uh, May Sussman actually is out on injury. Okay, so it is so two. He's not playing. So okay. two playing and two and one that's – injured but it was it's underclassmen who are are kind of helping this team it's a it's a junior in is it senan yep and and sophia nick who are your two leading scorers uh mm-hmm. at 15 plus points a game each uh nick just a shade under a double double at nine and a half rebounds um you also have isa I can't, how do you say isa Issa. Oh, it's easy. Jeez, I even blew that too. How do you say the last name? <laughs> no, sir. But how do you say how do you say your last name? Peasy. Really? Yeah. That doesn't I know, it's, look it's like so it funky. at all. Yeah. P-E-C-Z-U-A is Peasy? Peasy. That's insane. Um, <laughs> this is why it's a public address you announcer. You hear how many other people butcher it um, as we you know travel. So don't don't as be a, alarmed. As a I PA announcer, I would want to get my name right, but I would look at that pronunciation and think they were giving me the wrong name. That's insane. She's also a junior, by the way. Uh, that yep. was kind of my point. Uh, and then you have a sophomore. Your top four scores are not seniors. Right. So that, by the way, is a warning to everybody else that this team's going to be good for a while. But at the same time, what do the seniors do then? If they're not needing to be the stat leaders, what do they do to keep this team humming along? Um, I, I think, you know, like uh, Maddie Leong is in our uh, starting lineup, and she mm-hmm. is a great role player for us. You know, she's our defensive specialist. Um, she really, really, you know, works hard. I mean, she is also a captain. Um, so her leadership that she brings to the table is definitely something that continues to help push us and propel us forward. Um, and then Julia, um, who actually studied abroad in the fall and wow. is just coming back, uh, but she definitely is a key component to you know what we've built here and the culture that we built i mean she was on the three years when we weren't as good as we are now um but you know she definitely brings energy to the floor she pushes our players in a practice setting and really helps us be the best prepared so when we face the opponent we're you know really firing on all cylinders um what can what can you kind of prepare with this team because you mentioned just now a senior who was on the not so great teams there's nobody who's been on these teams that were back in the 21 seasons you know that that can understand what comes with that how do you prepare them now that we're in a we're on another level where we we have expectations we're at the top of the conference we have a target on our back how do you prepare them for what will be a very difficult finale here and then conference tournament I mean, I think uh, our captains did a really good job in the fall. 
uh, because we talked about, you know, being at this place at this time. And one of the things that they did is they reached out to the players that played on those 21 and 23, um, you know, seasons. It was like, what was it about those seasons that made it so special? And I think that they also watched the game film um, of our championships at that time. And so they were really priming themselves for this. Um, So I think it's just really continuously talking to them about having that laser-like focus and understand that we're good, but we we have to be even that much better as we have that target on our back. Um, So, you know, we at no point can go in a game and in four quarters feel like we can relax. We have to, you know, continue to push the gas pedal and, you know, keep it floored if we can. Um, And I think defense really has been a key component for us. Uh, you're going to have to rely on it because the next four games are all on the road at Bard mm-hmm. Union this weekend, the next weekend at Rochester Tech and RPI uh, before finishing the season, luckily at home, William Smith and Ithaca. It's not going to be easy here these next four. Granted, you just had the biggest advantage anyone could be given in conference, played seven straight at right. home. So there's a yin and a yang to this. Um, the yang is now. And how do you keep everyone focused on – a weather is already going to be a distraction, and B the fact you know it's it's you got to be on the bus a lot now. Yep, um, that is true. But I think that we started this journey on the road. Sure. Um, literally, you know, when we played Williams, that was only the second game at home, sure. and everything else was on the road. Um, and so we spent a lot of time on the road. I think that I was a little nervous when we started to play at home, <laughs> what that was going to feel like. I got really used to being on the road. Um, I think that our players, you know, are used to being on the road. Sure. Um, And so I think it is actually a good mix of like, hey, you know, we get to take these four games on the road, um, but then we get to come home and finish the season at home. I mean, I would not want to necessarily go and finish the season on the road as we have, you know, last last year we were, you know, had to do that. Um, So I I really think that although it is one of those things where, you know, you're on the road, um, I think our kids are prepared. We spent a lot of time this season on the road, but I, you know, always talk to them about being noble-minded. You're not going to always get the calls, Mm -hmm. you know, and so focusing on the things that you can control the controllables. Um, And I think if we could do that, we'll we'll be fine. Well, I would be remiss not to flash back Uh, again. You, you, you went to Marymount um, Mm -hmm. and played your, your former teammate, uh, Ashley uh, Rogers, who's coaching that team. You were not there for the new gym, right? You played in the old no, no, no. I was there. Were you? Um, my first year there, we opened um, the Rose Lee oh, Burnett wow. Center. Yeah. So Is that as old? You are, yeah, as you are, like, oh, I'm getting old. So am I. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I didn't think the building was that old. It still feels like a newer building. Granted, they've redone it a little bit. By the way, yep. were you thrown off by the court? Um, the I, court, I for was, anybody who doesn't you know, know, is gray. Yes, it is gray. It is really Really great. Weird. It's 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 strange, but I actually I liked it as well um, because they also have you know the pops of black, and yes. with the lighting, it does make it a little like. I don't know, a little unique. Um, and it definitely has that, you know, when you play on it every single day, you have home court advantage. 
you know, yeah. it sets it up where it is truly a home court advantage. I'm trying to find a picture of it online, but unfortunately, I only see the old floor uh, in my searches, so we'll have to abandon that for now. But what what was it like to what's it like to go back to the old stomping grounds and, and play and and be on the opposite bench to some degree to to take on a, a foe who is your teammate, your your classmate, yeah. essentially. What's it, what's that experience like? Uh, it it was it was great to be there. Um, I, I think you know just having the being in that environment, seeing so many people that were you know definitely uh, followers of Marymount women's basketball, and just you know just being in that. Uh, arena, um, you know, like I came in for our shoot around and I came in early because that's what I used to do as a player and just take it all in, you know, and really um, take, take some deep breaths <laughs> and realize that, you know, it, I'm actually going to bring my team here and play um, <laughs> later. And so I think it, it, it was just a great experience. I was happy to, you know, have us be down there in the tournament. That was the first time that I was able to play in the tip-off tournament um, since I, I left Mary out um so i'm always ecstatic to bring my team back to the dc area um bill finney's gonna be on the show later um (laughs) of uh, course he is of course uh (laughs) uh, for a lot of good reasons um so you get your first you get the first chance here uh to tell us a bill finney story and or uh take a shot at the coach when you when you (laughs) when you don't have to fear anything in return (laughs) uh any thoughts on on bill and and the coach he was for you you know, I actually have no shot to take at him. <laughs> I, 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 think, I, I think, you know, I, there are so many stories, but a lot of them are in a positive, you know, fashion. And I just remember, you know, what one of the things that he always said to me um, before I got into this business and, like, very early in my career is, you know, take care of the people who play for you and they'll take care of you. And I always remember that because, you know, sometimes you get so caught up in the X's and the O's Mm -hmm. and the wins and the losses that you forget that these players are people. Mm -hmm. And the more that you can care for them, the more you will get in return. Um, And so, I mean, you know, when I came back to work for him in 2004, you know, I was like, well, whatever, he makes ordinary teams do extraordinary things. Mm. And so I said that to him and I'm like, "Hey, what is it? I'm trying to learn." And that was the, you know, message that he gave me, and I felt that as a player as well. I mean, no matter how many sprints we had to run in practice and sometimes there were a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, it was like he definitely cared for us and wanted to make sure that our best interest and that we had everything that we can. You know, I think I spoil my teams now because of what he, how he spoiled us, um, which is not a good thing. <laughs> uh, but I think it really, in my overall experience, was a positive, and you know, it created that sisterhood where Ashley and I can, you know, really be competitive with one another, but still at the end of the day, we love one another and have each other's back. I always wondered watching you guys play what practices were like. Um, <laughs> Hail. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Hey, Coach, appreciate you coming on, uh, as always. No worries. And uh, we I always have a, tra- we have a tradition where we leave the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? 
Um, yeah, no, I really appreciate, Dave, um, what you and your crew do at uh, D3 Hoops. I mean, the coverage is definitely huge. Um, I just went back to the website and was able to find, you know, 2002 archives. And so really just having that history there is huge. Um, and I really appreciate what you guys do for us uh, and hint, our game. Hint, we'd love to hear more about Vassar on the site, too. Just just a thought. We can talk <laughs> off air. Yes, uh, absolutely. I definitely will. Candace, thank you. Take care of yourself. Safe travels. We'll talk to you no soon. No worries. Thank you. Have a great day. Candace Signer-Brown joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Again, keep an eye on them. They will be probably at very high, if not at the top, of the regional rankings when they come out in the East Region. 17-2 and two overall, 11-1. and one. Ithaca's the only caveat there. The win that Ithaca has there may trump um, Vassar, so they may not be the number one team, but... Congratulations to that program. And as we said, Bill Finney will coming up later. Uh, we're going to head south. We're going to head down into North Carolina, talk to Guilford women's basketball coming up. Um, we'll talk to their head coach, Stephanie Flamini, about the Quakers and just how good they are in maybe at the top of the conference that others thought would be other teams. And listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We'll be back with more Hoops when we get back. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Big shots. Teamwork. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Krager Center in Salem. Bounces right back with a triple. Great job here. And that'll do it! Visit NCAA.com tickets and get your tickets today. It's on us. It's on all of us and it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I'm Carol LaHaye, basketball coach at Randolph-Macon College and a member of the Women's Basketball Coaches Association. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, back to Dave. 
Uh, you want to talk about irony. Uh, didn't even think about it when I ran that commercial break. Uh, Carol LaHaye doing the welcome back for us uh, from Randolph-Macon. We're now talking about ODAC basketball, but from a different point of view, from Guilford. Guilford currently leads uh, the conference by a game and a half. They're two up in the win column over Emory and Henry, one up in the loss column. They got WNL behind them at 10-4. and Randolph-Macon is further down the the uh, totem pole, as it were. I think when we started this season, Emory and Henry, Randolph-Macon were kind of the two teams everyone was keeping an eye on this season. I don't know if anybody was paying attention to Guilford, 17-7 and last season, 11-5 in conference play, but they're leading the way. Stephanie Flamini's got a, a pretty good squad. They're 12-2 in conference play, 15-5 overall. They're on a four-game tear right now and having won eight of their last nine, their lone loss in that group to Lynchburg. Uh, and have gotten some big wins in conference action over the Emory and Henrys, the Randolph-Macons, the Eastern Mennonites. Now they got a good test coming up, Washington and Lee, this weekend. And, of course, Randolph-Macon to wrap things up. And then conference tournament action. So joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, presented by Buffalo Wild Wings, is the head coach of Guilford, Stephanie Flamini. And, Coach, thanks for, for coming on the show here. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Appreciate it myself. Um I've asked this of a lot of coaches this season. It's the easiest way for us to get an understanding of things, considering you lost three of your first five games to Greensboro, Emory, and Virginia Wesleyan. Did you expect to be where you are now, having only lost two games since? And did you think this season would be this successful? Uh, you, always, you always want to think that, but I, I, apparently no. I mean, we, we started off, we had a lot of work to do. We have a lot of young kids. Uh, you know, we didn't come out of the gate very strong. Um, you could really see a lot of our weaknesses and we didn't really know where we were going. We were really hoping just to have a 500 season, to be honest. You know, we were hoping for a 500 season, but, um, they actually, uh, really came a long way in a short amount of time. They have come a long way. I mean, that, that, that two and three start, that's kind of start the tears a hair out of coaches, uh, heads. What, what did you say to the unit? or the team, because they got back on, on the horse, as it were, against Roanoke on the road, and then Eastern Mennonite was next. He got some wins there and started rolling. What was said to the team? What clicked for the team? What changed? Well, I think the first thing is we talk about, you know, we don't want, we don't want to come out and, and not play good basketball. You know, we need kids who want to, want to come out and improve each day, and, and that was the first thing. I didn't, we, didn't, we weren't really improving much, and we were – working them pretty hard, and we just needed to get their mindset to change a little bit that even though we were young, what we really just needed to focus on was coming in to practice each day and just getting better each day, and it will show as the season progresses. And um, so we didn't really talk about winning very much. It was really, honestly, I was trying to get my mind wrapped around the fact that, you know, this might be a tough season. It's been the first, the first one in a, in a while, but that I need to start building for next year. And start, you know, trying to trying to get them to learn the defense quicker, as quick as I can, just to start getting everybody in, all these young kids in, to try to learn and get some experience, and just kind of go from there. But so it wasn't really anything said. I think they have a lot of pride, and they didn't want to come into this and and you know after the first few games and and not be successful and not have somewhat of a successful season. I think it really goes on them because they put the work and the effort in, and they didn't want to be what, how we started. They didn't like that feeling. 
Um, interesting scenario with, with what's happened here. Again, because I think a lot of people thought of Eastern Mennonite, uh, not maybe not Eastern Mennonite. I saw them at the beginning of the season, but um, Emery and Henry and Randolph Macon would maybe be the, the two leaders in the clubhouse, as it were, by the time we got to the conference tournament. Now it's you guys. Is that – I don't even remember what the coach's vote at the beginning of the season was, but I feel like it was along those lines as well. Is that motivation too, or is that just – does that not even get focused on by the squad? No, we, we don't focus on that. I mean, honestly, I don't talk about I, – I don't talk about the preseason rankings. I don't talk about where we are right now. We're, we're lucky enough to be in first in, in a conference that's now really balanced, although Randolph-Macon and Emory Henry have the most experience um, you know, it's, it seems at this point that anyone can win on any given night. You can't really take anything for granted. And we just happen to be in that first slot right now. And anything can happen with the last four games. So we don't, we still don't, we know we control our own destiny. We know we have to continue to get better. We know we ha- we don't have the experience that some other teams like the Emory and Henry and the Randolph Macons have, but we're just taking it. We're still taking it one day at a time and we're not getting too high or too low on anything. We just kind of try to keep it even keel. A young team. I mean, there's no seniors on this squad. Um, you've got three juniors. The rest is sophomores and freshmen. This is kind of a, a, a steep learning curve to some degree. Yeah, well, we started three freshmen at one point. And um, <laughs> so now, but, and, and, there's, and there's a lot to be said about these players and, and how they've reacted to being put, kind of thrown into the fire here in you know, in a short amount of a short amount of time, and how they've responded. So I really give them all the credit. They've done a great job. We still aren't, you know, we still aren't as good as I would like us to be. But we're not a bad team, and and we can pretty much play with anyone. I've gotten to know coaches who were undefeated when a national championship will tell me they're they're not exactly where they want them to be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you're led by a junior in, in Miracle Walters um, with 15 points a game. Um, you've got a double-double from a freshman in Lindsey uh, Galden at 13.5 and 10.5, and 13.5 points, 10.5 rebounds, plus um, blocking, or 2.5 steals, I should say, a game, and hands out nearly three assists. And another freshman in, in Kaylin Davis at 10 points a game herself those are the three leaders, and it just shows how, yeah, you've been leaning on freshmen, um, and at the same time, they seem very much up to it. Coach, did we lose you? I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry. You, 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 you're leaning on freshmen, as you said, but they seem up to it. That, that's, that's what I think is most fascinating is that, you know, at this point in time, I wouldn't expect to see freshmen with those kinds of numbers necessarily when there's pressure put on them. That's true, and that's why we never talk about it. <laughs> we <laughs> don't put the pressure on them. <laughs> hey, uh, sorry. Uh, I may have just ruined that plan. Um, <laughs> but you're also playing deep, I should point out. While you've, you, you know, geez, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players are playing in 13 or more games this season. So, And that comes, obviously, with a young team. You're, you're, you're searching for, for options. But that's also a benefit at this time of the year. If those many players have had experience – they're they're not uncomfortable getting into a game, right? And and we're counting on them to to be ready here as the season you know ends and we go into the ODAC tournament. You know we're really going to need our bench to step up. We're really going to need people to come in and be confident and just give us minutes so people yeah. you know can get some time to rest. And and we need depth. 
going into the next tor- tournament for sure. So, you know, we're going to rely on them, and, and they're going to need to be ready. I'm curious about something. You know, the the ODAC tournament is unique in the sense that that it's played at the Salem Civic Center, uh, the the now former home to the men's basketball championships of 23 years. Uh, to the point that you could argue being number one in the conference doesn't really get you much. Yeah, the top teams get buys uh, in the tournament. Uh, you don't have to play as many games. You play one less. Does it matter to be the number one team in in the tournament does the bracket really mean that much in the in the long run or does it not does is that not a pressure necessarily as the regular season comes to a close yeah i've never looked at it as a pressure i've never looked at it as we have to be the first seed we have to win the conference i've always looked at the regular season as you learn from the regular season and then you get to the conference tournament and now you take everything you've learned and it's anybody's championship you just have to win three games so it's never been something i focused on is let's we have to be the first place team i i've never really focused on that maybe maybe it shows because you know we've we haven't always been in first you know we will be tied for first or we'll be second we'll be third i don't remember what we were when we won the championships but um it's never been uh, something i key on i key on getting all the experience you can out of the regular season and then once that tournament starts you take everything you learn and you put it into three games and then you go for it Unique tournament, obviously. Uh, I'm, JJ's going to put his head through a wall when I ask you this question. I know it changed <laughs> on the men's side. Has it changed on the women's side, the, bra- the how the, how the, that not everybody's getting in, or was that always the – I can't remember. No, it, it is uh, – this is the first year for both. Right, that, okay. Um, yeah. So what's – obviously you're at the top. It doesn't really matter. But does, does, it, does it feel a little odd that not everybody's going to be in and, and that you know it's going to have a different feel to it to some degree? Yes, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely different because now you have to look at. I mean, you have three teams that aren't going to make it, and so you don't really know. You know, I actually didn't even look at the brackets yet, but I I know that it's just going to be um, it's going to be a little weird that that the first round is going to be. You know, I think less teams are playing now, maybe yeah. or something um, in terms of the first round at the higher seed. Um, it's just it's just different. I I haven't really focused. Honestly, I'm not even thinking about it. Um, <laughs> but I think it's 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 tough for the the teams that like this year we have a little bit of a disparity from the last three to everyone else. So, but I think as we keep moving forward, those those last three teams are going to build. They're getting better and better. And there's going to be a time where it's going to be really um, unfortunate with the tiebreakers when people don't get in. Yeah. Well, the, the same token, at some point. <laughs> That's a beast of a tournament. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Hey, Washington Lee's coming up on on Saturday. It's it's obviously a big game with a, con- a team that's right in the middle of the conference. Then Randolph Bridgemont, um, non-conference game against William Peace, interestingly enough. And then you'll wrap it up against Randolph Macon. I know it's one game at a time, so we'll stick with WNL. What are you hoping to get out of that game? And I know WNL is listening, so why don't you just give us your coaching plan now? <laughs> well. <laughs> We haven't played them at all this year, so yep. this is the first time we're seeing them. So, you know, it's a little um, scary. They're they're a good team. They're hard to match up with. Uh, you know, they're young as well, but they have more experienced players than we do. And you can see it when, when they're playing watching film. And, um, you know, we're going to have to really defend well uh, on the outside and the inside. They'll either drive or shoot the three. It's really going to be hard to defend them for us. And we're going to have to really play some team defense. 
Um, they actually score more points than they did last year, which I thought they were yep. a pretty good offensive team last year. So and we have our work cut out for us. They're a good team. I, I expect it to be a good game. Um, but we're certainly going to have to bring our defense for sure. Well, at least the game's at your place. You don't have to play at their temporary facilities on the tennis courts. be playing there next year so we'll yeah. see what happens oh that's true they're going to be there for a couple of years yeah never mind it's going to come back to bite you <laughs> <laughs> hey stephanie appreciate you coming on and chatting with us i really do um as always we give the coach the final word any final thoughts you want to share with those who uh, may this, be tuning in you know, dittoing everybody else thanks for all you do for, to promote division three basketball and and obviously thank you for giving guilford some airtime absolutely it was a coin flip to be honest i'm glad we went with you no i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> Uh, Good answer. Take care of yourself. Safe travels. Good luck the rest of the way. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You too. Absolutely. Stephanie Flamini joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Again, 15-5 and overall, 12-2 and in conference play. Big game against WNL coming up. On the road against Randolph, then home against Bridgewater, and home against William Peace again in non-conference play on February 11th. They had a a week gap there. I can totally see why they did that. Uh, and then they'll finish up um, on the road at Randolph-Macon. That game is going to be probably very important for everybody involved for seeding positions. Uh, we mentioned WNL. If you didn't know, uh, something we should have mentioned long ago on the show, but it kept escaping my mind. WNL um, facility where they've been playing games for years has been basically <laughs> torn down. Uh, they're redoing it, um, getting a brand new facility essentially. So they've been at a temporary site, basically the tennis facility, for lack of a better description. I'm not doing it justice. Interesting article, I think, in the Roanoke Times uh, about it. Uh, check it out. Uh, WNL playing on a temporary location for the next couple of years. Hasn't seemed to affect the teams. They're doing pretty well. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have the NABC Coaches Corner joining us to chat about things. The president of the NABC happens to be a Division Three coach and a friend of the program. Charlie Brock will join us to talk about what it means to run the Coaches Association for Men's Basketball, uh, Division Three's role in the NABC, and so much more. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. More Hoops Hope when we get back. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. UW-Eau Claire and Mayo Clinic Health System are creating amazing opportunities for students from across the Midwest. Our collaborative research agreement allows students to work with world-renowned physicians and scientists. And with more than 80 majors, UW-Eau Claire is the perfect fit for those who dream big and are ready to change the world. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. 
That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball... Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person, competing at a Division III level. It created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. 
We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm Amy Reed, head coach at RIT and a member of the Women's Basketball Coaches Association. We hope you enjoy the show. Now back to Dave. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. The marathon continues. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops. No, Dave.McHugh at D3Sports.com. The Hoopsville one's been working weird. It's scrolling at the bottom of your screen. You can also join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Uh, we're going to hopefully have that simulcast still rolling here in about 13 minutes uh, when we cl close in on four hours finished on this marathon. Um, we'll make sure it works for you. If you're listening to the podcast, God bless you. We appreciate it. It's been broken up into several parts, and we appreciate your time listening. Uh, so we had the WBCA segment on earlier. The WBCA, and most especially the NABC, have been integral with Hoopsville's existence, to be blunt. And the NABC really helping build much of what you see here on this show uh, in this home. If we move, I don't know what I'm going to do <laughs> getting another studio set up. One of those who has always been a, a, a fan of ours and certainly pushed us to be better, but at the same time helped us get better, is Charlie Brock, head coach of Springfield. He's now the president of the NABC. He joins us via Skype on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline and in the NABC Coaches Corner. Sir, it is good to see you. Thank you for taking the time. My pleasure, Dave. Nice to see you. Your, uh, your digs look good, and I guess you're going to have to get our permission to move. Uh, you, you the, might. The NBC's yeah. permission, I mean. Yes. <laughs> well, the wife and you, you might have to have some negotiations. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk. Uh, don't worry. It's not happening anytime soon. Uh, she might be listening. Um, first and foremost, again, you are the president of the NABC. You're now, I don't want to even keep count of how many D3s have become president, but it's certainly um, Paige Moyer most recently, now yourself. It's happening uh, with a little bit more frequency as an outsider, to me, that comes across as the NABC has a lot of respect for the D3 coaches in their midst. Uh, no question, David, and, and really sense it immediately by uh, when you're in the room with all the guys. Uh, there's there's typically really uh, healthy discussions that take place. And quite frankly, there's a lot of disagreement sometimes about certain things that take place, all of which is done with the uh, everybody agreeing to disagree and uh, it's it's just a great group of guys that are involved. It is a sacrifice of time. There's no personal gain in it, really, uh, for anybody that's involved in it. It's just a labor of love. Obviously, at the NCAA level, D1 brings in all the money, most of the money. Um, and D1, while not being the biggest division, certainly has the biggest say. In the WBCA, we've seen where D3 felt maybe a little bit ignored. That has changed. The NABC, what's the dynamic like? You talk, obviously, about agreeing to disagree, but what's the dynamic like for the coaches to understand um, D3 is the biggest division for starters, and while you may not get all the spotlight, you guys are just as important. It, it's really evolved, Dave, uh, and, and a lot of it has to do with the leadership and, and Jim Haney and, and Reggie Minton, but also the leadership of the board members who have been presidents, not Division Three people. Uh, there was a time when the NCA kind of ignored the opinions of the coaches and, and even to some degree looked down on them. Uh, I think the NABC was a great conduit and, and again, due to the leadership of it, 
to bringing out a relationship between the coaching uh, world and, and the, the people who are a part of that and the NCAA as it pertains to changes, legislation, uh, going back to the APR and all those things. I remember sitting in that room and uh, listening to the, the struggles that everybody had when that uh, all took place. It's, it's been an amazing evolution, but the relationship uh, between the NCAA and the coaching world uh, family has changed dramatically for the better. And, and a lot of that has to do with the leadership of the NABC. Yeah, it's certainly impressive. And again, we talked about Paige Moyer being president most recently as a Division Three member. Obviously, there's a president every year. Now you get that turn. There's other board members who are high up. Obviously, um, Gary Stewart is, is, is on that high board. But there's also other representatives. Can you give us a sense of, of the D3 rem- representation on it besides yourself? Actually, the only other one is Pat Cunningham from Trinity okay. University. Okay. Um, and in the uh, di- board of directors bylaws, there would always be two division threes and two division twos. And I don't know that there's a set number of division ones. Um, they seem to, uh, that, 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 uh, seems to change more often than the division three guys for, uh, reasons you can imagine. Yes. So that has changed some, but the number of people hasn't. Uh, Page rotated off when he was the president, then rotated off. I'll be doing the same after this year. I took over as president last uh, April at the Final Four. And uh, the busiest time I've really had with this and and, uh, all the things that's gone on with the recruiting and the NCAA uh, legislation as a result of the Basketball Commission and Condoleezza Rice is um, the movement of that group. Uh, all that stuff really took place last summer and there were an extensive amount of meetings and phone calls and I don't have any part to play as such, but I was involved in all of them, uh, all the way through and was included. And, and, uh, when appropriate, it was asked my opinion. Uh, it, it doesn't, uh, we don't have a dog in the hunt, but, um, the people in the room cared about what everybody thought about different things. So it was interesting. You segued well there because my next question was interesting year to be president of the NABC. I'll get to what that role basically on a normal year would entail. But D1 had a lot of going on for the last year and a half. And a lot of things in D1 trickled to D3. I don't know if this would necessarily. It's a different world when it comes to scholarships and money and shoe contracts and the NBA and the like. So, as you said, maybe D3 doesn't have a dog in the race. But an interesting year for you to be involved because as president, that is – kind of your your responsibility to represent the NABC. What was this whole last year like? Well, the, the saying there's no dog in the hunt is maybe uh, not the proper term. We, we all recruit just like they do, sure. not the same way. But whatever they do filters down to how we're going to do it. And so the calendar that they use affects the calendar that we – we aren't forced into a calendar, but what they do uh, definitely oh. – filters down to what we do and how we do it. Well, we should point out that events going on are really catered around what the D1 calendar is, so that's going to affect your when events are happening for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 some of the events that aren't D1 events that we still want to uh, be involved with and, and be in a position to observe, we want those to continue to take place. And, and as it is right now, that is uh, the case. Uh, I think what you're going to find is that the – NCA camps, and I'll use the term loosely, I'm sure there's a, a more proper name, but uh, those are going to be scheduled in July, and they're going to be the, 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 tupper, the top 
upper echelon of, of talent that probably have uh, we as a Division three coach and recruiting uh, probably don't have any interest in. Uh, what those kids that don't get to go to those are the kids that we're going to be interested in trying to find. So there is an impact on what they do as it pertains to what we're going to try to do. Certainly. Makes sense. Um, a little crazy for you then? I mean, maybe pulled into meetings you weren't expected to be uh, involved in over the summer? Uh, yeah. And, and you know, we everybody converged on New York. At one point there was a gala and then and we had a bunch of meetings. And uh, at the same time, the commission was involved in it. Uh, the NCA was involved in it, and and I don't know if we've we've banded around the name Dan Gavitt is such a great uh, advocate for basketball. Period, but he's actually a great uh, advocate for Division Three basketball. Um, so, you know, a lot of that relationship that takes place and and the thought process of what's it mean to Division Three is not being ignored. Uh, I'm certain that it's not the first thing they wake up in the morning and worry about, but uh, I don't think it's ever something that's off the table either when they're uh, putting together all the things they're going to do and scheduling and so on. It's a no-no in, in my world to tease something you're not sure you're going to have, but we are working to hopefully talk to Dan Gavitt in the future sometime on this show because of be what of you said. Um, so what in a nor- – well, before I get to the normal year, obviously one of the things that came out of the basketball thing was adding five Board of Governor members who didn't necessarily have a tie – to schools, in other words, kind of outside points of view added to the NCAA Board of Governors. I assume you were part of that. What was your opinion on that, and did you want to make sure it had a D3C or not? Actually, I was not a part of that. Okay. Um, that's that's an NCAA thing and a function that... I just didn't uh, know if it trickled down from the NABC, like you know, because of the commission and all that. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that Jim Haney, as the uh, executive director of the NABC, was involved. Sure. It didn't filter down to the board level that we would have any say in, in it as to whether it happened or, or with whom, uh, that, what your opinion though, of those added seats and maybe no guarantees it had to be D three representation. Well, I, I, I don't, uh, I think the, the main thing that they're trying to do is to make sure that all, um, all membership is represented mm-hmm. as best they can without having too many people in the room and, and getting nothing done. Right. And I believe that that extra five seats did spread out to uh, a more diverse group to include them in the decision making that takes place. Yeah, it's fascinating. We'll see how it all turns out from there. OK, so in a normal year, what would you normally do as president of the NAPC? Uh, basically the same thing. We all we all we do any year, but um Certainly the meetings and, and uh, as a part of the executive committee, we have to do we are involved with the budgeting and and a lot of it, uh, especially when it pertains to the convention um, and and membership is a big deal. I've felt very strongly that it's something that we need to address. Uh, I think if we sit back and don't um, be aggressive in attracting people to be members of the NABC, we won't move forward, and quite frankly, as we all know, if you're not doing something, you're going to move backward. Right. So I think that's always an issue, and and uh, we've we've got a lot of guys that are involved in so many different facets of the Division Three endeavors we have with you know the All Star Game and the Congress and the the nominating committee that's with the All Star Game and just a whole bunch of the All American Committee. Uh, we try to get as many people involved in that as we can, so there are people that continually are interested in the NABC and, and the reasons for being a member uh, at our level. 
<clears throat> you mentioned uh, um, the All-Star game. One thing, obviously, NABC has become very involved with the championship weekend, but you do have a lot of things. You've got, obviously, you know, uh, All-America Committee. You've got the All-Star group. You've got other things, the service committee and stuff, that Division Three. How important is it also to you to get new members? Not They may already be members, but new people involved in those committees, too. We work really hard at that, Dave, and, and uh <laughs> What you know, one way we've done it is we've taken the nominating committee that works with the all-star um, game and the nominations and selections, and that rotation on that committee is the same as the national committee. Hmm. Um, so the two regions that rotate off on the national committee in Division three basketball also rotate off in that nominating committee. Gotcha. Um, there's there's been without necessarily trying to, there's been some changes in the uh, Division three Congress because of, uh, conference alignment, and sure. we have a member of every conference on the NABC Congress. Uh, that's there are some people that have been involved in it a long time, and and thank goodness they are because they're they're outspoken and they're uh, interested and they're they uh, contribute. Uh, that having said that, there's a lot of new guys in that, and I think it's kind of fun for young guys to get involved in that group as well. Uh, Fort Wayne before, I mean, kind of segues very nicely, obviously heading to a new place this year. I've already heard, heard, uh, members of the NABC very involved in, in how that's all coming together. Your thoughts on, on the new stomping grounds as it were for division three basketball. Uh, challenging, but very exciting, Dave. Uh, we've been, uh, involved in a couple of three or four different areas there and, uh, had nothing but uh, welcoming, uh, from them, we've we've uh, pretty we've, we're not set and done yet, but uh, most of the nuts and bolts of of what we do as an operation are good to go. Uh, Pat and Mike, Pat Cunningham and Mike McGrath uh, have their kind of niche, and uh, Dan Priest does his thing with publicity, and and they're very aggressive in um, advertising and and uh, generating interest in that area. Looks like it's going to be a blast, and a lot of people are going to go. Uh, we hope that they'll go to the All-Star game as well if we do a good job with advertising. Uh, Jody May's done a great job with the every year doing the nominating committee and uh, the selection. And that process actually has begun just as of now with uh, an NABC uh, memorandum that just went out this past week. And then the last but not least, uh, uh, my friend at Clarkson, Jeff, uh, is doing he's new and, and doing all the travel arrangements for all the kids, which is a tremendous challenge. And in some cases, last minute because we have to wait for the last couple of all-stars um, until they are, if they are, and when they are eliminated in the NCAA tournament. Sure. Uh, lots we'll certainly talk about down the road and, and uh, appreciate the insight on everything you have going on. By the way, you're also a basketball coach. I don't know if you got that memo. Uh, your team, Springfield, not having the season I think anybody expected, 7-13, and 13. Kind of started coming unglued uh, with your friend Mike DeWitt. I'd give him a call if I were you. Uh, Six-game losing streak after facing off against Ohio Wesleyan. Is this just chalk it up? One person said to me, hey, they won a lot of close games last year. They're still a good team. They're just not getting the right bounces. Or did something else go go haywire? And obviously I know Ross was injured, which probably didn't help. We actually had that, and we've had a few other injuries. We just uh, got a kid back that broke his hand over uh, Christmas uh, we just had another broken thumb and that ended the backup point guards season. We, we've had a rash of them and, and it seems like when it rains, it pours, that's been an issue. Um, uh, we, we, I think did not come back from last year with the approach we needed to, 
after having tremendous success and, yeah. and maybe uh, took some things for granted. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, we like that we play the schedule we do, but it's extremely taxing and, and uh, the concentration level has to be there for 40 minutes. And we've had a hard time finding those full 40 minutes of good basketball. So we're still striving. We got five games left. Yep. Um, we've got a playoff at the end of that, and we're going to see what we can do with it. I was going to say, your team still might be 7-13. and 13. It feels like a team, though, that could all of a sudden figure it out and, and make a run. I don't know if that's fair or not to say that, but it's I fair know all, to try all to do coaches it tonight, think that. Exactly. Yeah, I'm working on it tonight. As soon as we get off, I'll figure it out. There we go. Yeah. Um, but obviously we should point out, too, Ross comes back next year. A lot of this team comes back next year. It might be a tough season, but it might be a great learning opportunity. Well, I'd just as soon not go through the learning of it, please. I've already done that. <laughs> well, that's my point. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, Learn from but, it yeah, this year. I, I, you know, things happen for a reason, Dave, and, yeah. and uh, great kids. And, and uh, you know, there's times where we played great basketball, and unfortunately we've got times in games and sometimes at the crucial times in games where we haven't played great basketball. Um, with the injuries, we were thin and still are a little bit thin. Uh, that changes things. And, and quite frankly, it, anybody will tell you that, you know, when a kid goes out and when he comes back, it kind of mucks things up when it comes down to the rotation and changes and trying to get the legs going and, and all that. So it's, it's an interesting process and, uh, we're going to, we're going to keep fighting. Sure. You adjust to the change. Then you have to adjust to the change again. Uh, it makes total sense. Uh, Charlie, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Always love chatting with you. Great to see you. Um, as you know, we always give the final word to our guests. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? No, I just think I, I think many of us, if you when you talk to them, will tell you that one of the great things about basketball itself and Division Three basketball specifically are the relations that are ships that are created. And I think D three hoops, Dave does uh, wonders in that regard in enhancing those relationships and uh, just more more of the same but a, another direction of enhancing those relationships. So we really appreciate you, and uh, Division Three basketball really appreciates you. Well, thank you, and I've, I've told you in private, I've said it in public, I appreciate the relationship I have with the NABC because, again, I don't know if we could still be doing this nowadays without your support. So thank you so much. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. I know I'll get to see you uh, in Fort Wayne eventually. Uh, we wish you luck, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good, Dave. Thank you. All right, absolutely. Charlie Brock joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline via Skype. We appreciate Charlie coming on the show and, and talking about things. He's a busy man, and, and clearly you can see it there. Again, all interviews on the Hoopsville Hotline, courtesy of our partners at Blue Frame Technology and their industry-leading production truck software. Is your college ready to showcase its teams through a reliable and innovative video streaming service that won't break your budget? Blue Frame's advanced digital broadcast tools will take your broadcast to the next level. Learn more today at, and visit www.blueframetech.com and tell them we sent you. Uh, more to come on the marathon as we are halfway through and good news. We're still streaming live on Facebook live. How about that folks? We're still rolling. Elliot uh, Steinmetz of Yeshiva joins us next. There's another team you shouldn't be sleeping on. You're watching Hoopsville presented by D3hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. More Hoopsville when we come back. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop 
teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. Welcome to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, home of Blue Gold Athletics. UW-Eau Claire has been ranked a top five regional public university for over 20 years. We graduate champions with the lowest debt and highest return on investment in the Midwest. Blue Gold Athletics is a Director's Cup Top 20 Division III program offering 22 sports with almost 700 student athletes. UW-Eau Claire is about excellence in the classroom, the field of competition, and the community. Are you the next Blue Gold? My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction in knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org.